This is Heather White, and you are listening to the Authenticity Addicts Podcast, the place where it is safe to be an addict, because what we're obsessed with is our life's truth. Welcome to the Authenticity Addicts Podcast. You are listening to Heather White. So happy to be here. I'm going to call this actually episode zero. I don't know why I just decided that looks, I don't know, it just feels right to do that. I've seen on a couple other podcasts. The first episode is episode zero, ground zero, the beginning. I don't know why, uh, you know, it's funny, I'm not even a, a big podcast person. Uh, all the time I get clients asking me for podcast recommendations and I'm like, the only podcast I listen to really is um, the Be Here Now podcast, uh, Here and Now with Ram Dass, which is actually old lectures of Ram Dass speaking from like the 70s. Um, but I, I, I swear to God, I came out of the womb with a mic in my hand. So I, I honestly can't believe it's taken me this long, but here I am and so pumped to be doing this. Um, the Authenticity Addicts podcast. And so I thought I'd spend a bit of time today just kind of diving into what is the Authenticity Addicts podcast? What is this all about? Authenticity Addict, what does that even mean? Um, who am I? Why this? Why now? Uh, all that good jazz. And so, yeah, so thank you. First and foremost, thank you so much for being here. Without you, there is no me. If a speaker has no audience, they just don't exist, quite frankly. So, Thank you for each and every one of you out there listening to me in your cars, in your earbuds, in your AirPods, if you are so privileged to have those things. And uh, they are game changers, I hear. I don't have a pair of my set, but my husband does and he swears by them. Um, yeah, so Authenticity Addicts podcast. So it was all a dream. You know, I'm born in the 80s. I grew up in the 90s. You guys listen to Notorious B.I.G. Remember that song? And he had that opening line, it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. I didn't actually read Word Up magazine, but literally this all started as a dream. Um, it was, I think, I'd have to check my notes, but I think it was about 2008, nine or 10, somewhere in there. And I was way in Palm Springs. Um, that's another topic, big golfer, I'm married to a pro golfer. So we were in Palm Springs. I woke up in the middle of the night. Well, I didn't wake up. I was awoken. <laughs> and, um, it was like, I don't know about you, but I'm one of those weirdos that kind of argues with my dreams. It was like a voice in my dream that kept sort of knocking. I know this sounds totally crazy. I acknowledge that, but nevertheless, I'm going to keep going. I'm into it now. Anyways, it was knocking like on my forehead and it kept saying over and over, Heather, it's time to wake up. Heather, it's time to wake up. And I was arguing with this voice, this esoteric uh, archangel, I don't know, voice of God, whatever, knocking on my forehead saying, listen, like, I don't want to wake up. I want to, I'm comfortable. I, re I vividly actually remember saying I'm so comfortable. I don't want to wake up, which I think is kind of poignant, but nevertheless, finally I got up and, um, I'm a big proponent of writing things down when you get woken up in the middle of the night or right before you fall asleep or right before you wake up in the morning, because I don't know about you, but you know, you have that great idea when your brain's in theta wave. And then but before you know it, you're off and running on the day. You thought you were going to remember it. You never do. At least I don't. Um, so I grabbed my journal and I remember looking at the clock and I'm, you know, I'm in a hotel room. So it's kind of a foreign sort of, you know, you're kind of getting your bearings. Like, where am I? And I vividly remember the AM 
you know, that was indicating that it was, it was after midnight, I guess that stands for. Oh my God, I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> what is after, what does AM stand for? Yeah. The AM on the digital clock beside the bed was, it almost looked like it was just flashing at me, like going bright and, and then soft and then bright and then soft and bright and then soft. And I remember writing down a dot m dot a dot m dot a m it's time to wake up and i was just kind of writing that down and then i heard authentically me and then i heard and wrote down this phrase who you want to be is who you already are now that sounds all fine and dandy mandy but um that's an inside joke by the way (laughs) willie if you're listening that one was for you you know the truth is I, i really started reflecting on that Um, in the coming days and weeks and months, who you want to be is who you already are. Because for me, so just reverse and give you a bit of backstory. So I was, you know, this high achieving, oldest of four kids, raised for the first eight years of my life by an immigrant single mom. And, you know, education was drilled into me, opportunity to move forward and advance in life, you know, gratitude, be grateful for what you have, you know, get a job with benefits and, and, uh, so, you know, I had, I had done all those things. I'd gone off to university. I'd graduated, got this great job in corporate. I was, um, making great money, great opportunity, great company culture, um, pre 2008. So this was, we still had expense accounts and really good gig, really, really good gig. And though I knew I was supposed to be grateful, I was extremely unhappy inside. And I had, um, hooked up with a coach, Bob Proctor. And I remember him assigning some homework, which was essentially, you know, sort of the classics. So what do you love to do? And what are you really good at doing? And what would you do even if you weren't paid? And so, you know, here I am. I remember at that time I was in an apartment living downtown Vancouver and I'm sitting in the apartment having a Cosmo, uh, still drank in those days and writing out my answers. So, so far on the sheet of my paper, I had drinking because, you know, mid 20s that was still a lot of fun. Uh, Shopping was the second thing I had on the list. And then I had come up with the total brainwave, which was drinking while shopping. You know, I mean, don't underestimate a champagne brunch and a cruise down your favorite outdoor shopping center. So anyways, I knew, I mean, it's kind of being a little bit of an asshole. I knew I was not getting the exercise exactly right, but that's as far as I got. Like, what do you love to do at that time? That's what I love to do. I lived for evenings and weekends when I could spend my paycheck. Actually, as a sidebar, I once sold my car. Uh, this was when I was still in university and I spent all the money shopping. I mean, I, 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 I recently was asked, like, do you, like, do you like to shop? And I was like, I had to stop and think. And I was like, I love shopping, if I'm being totally honest. So then he says, back to the life coaching uh, from the couch thing, he says on this recording that I'm listening to, keep in mind your greatest um, gifts, the thing that is most unique and um, sort of stands out for you as a, as a contributing factor, something that you love to do. You may be perceiving it as a negative quality about yourself. And that was when the penny kind of dropped for me. And I realized in this voice was so profoundly loud inside and just quite simply said, I love to talk. And 
it was because of this prompt about seeing it as a negative quality because I had been, I mean, I, I started speaking at nine months and I can imagine for a single mom, actually the other day I was with my mom and she said, what did she say? She said, you were a precarious, what did she say? Precocious. Yeah. Preco- you were a precocious child. I'm not sure exactly what she meant, but I can only imagine. So here I am nine months old talking already, right? The poor woman probably just wanted some sleep. Anyway, um, but I did get a lot of messages growing up as a child, which were sort of indicative of this idea, like, you should shut up. You know, you talk a lot. You never shut up. It's, I remember even getting, I at one point got banned from adult conversations. Um, I was probably eight at the time. (laughs) Because I was just sitting around with the adults. I mean, I never wanted to play with the kids or go build puzzles or anything. I wanted to sit around the table and drink tea and talk. So I come by this sort of talking thing quite naturally. I sort of have this realization that I love to talk. And um, going back to the dream, who you want to be is who you already are. So to make a long story short, I once I sort of had that realization about the I love to talk thing, I ended up leaving corporate and I ended up creating an entire business around me talking, I, coaching, consulting, speaking, writing. Um, so I was able to turn this authentic contribution, this sort of natural gift and a sort of desire that I had to just be in conversation with people into my vocation. I was able to turn my passion into profit. Quite frankly, it was a dream come true. And so with that dream that I had in 2000, whatever it was in Palm Springs, who you want to be is who you already are. It started to affirm even more for me that there's something essential inside of us. It sort of reminded me like Michelangelo used to go to the quarry and get the piece of marble. And then he would, he would, when interviewed later, he would say, you know, David was inside. I just had to take away the excess that was blocking us from seeing it, he would say, you know, God put the statue there. My job is to take the excess away to reveal this essential piece of art that was always there. And, you know, I've come to believe this about us as humans, that there is this essential contributing um, gift talent, but you know, having worked as a coach um, for the last 10 years, having been all over the world working with people. And of course, you know, we teach what we most want to learn. I mean, this is the topic that is the most fascinating to me and to my life is, well, if who I want to be is who I already am, like, who am I? And that's essentially what this entire podcast is all about. An authenticity addict, as I describe it, is somebody that is willing to go on a ruthless pursuit of their life's truth. It's something I self-identify as, but the more I have conversations with people, the more I recognize that there is a cohort of humans on the planet right now that are totally ready and willing to sign up for that challenge, to raise their hand and say, yes, I too am an authenticity addict. And like, these are people who, when I say ruthless, like I'm not kidding, because when you think about pursuing ruthlessly your life's truth, the greatest contribution you have to make, the greatest possibilities there are for the potentiality that lies inside of you. These are nothing 
short of some of the most excruciating and difficult decisions you'll ever make. Because essentially, most of the journey is about letting go. It's about letting go of all of the things, right? All the excess that is getting in the way of your essential, authentic contribution shining through, like you, the David inside of you, right? And I can tell you, as being the self-proclaimed authenticity addict uh, initiation initiator, um, it's been nothing but challenging decisions. And that's what this entire podcast is going to be about. It's going to be about the conversations that I hope will help and support you if this sounds like you. If you identify as somebody who says, yeah, I want to know at basically whatever the cost, who am I? What is my gift, my talent, my essential contribution that I came into this incarnation to offer to the world in service? What is that natural talent that I have that I'm equipped with? What is it that I've been preparing my whole life to contribute? And I'm willing, I'm willing to say yes, I'm willing to say yes to my yes, and I know it's not going to be easy. And so that's, that's exactly what this entire podcast series is about. It's about me sharing my journey as an authenticity addict. I spent a lot of time in the shadow <laughs> because I was scared. Frankly, I was scared of myself. I was scared of what the hell I was doing. I remember one time, this is years ago, I was in, uh, it was actually my first business partner. And, you know, it, thank God for him. He was the one, actually the angel investor who funded the startup of my company in the first place, gave me the opportunity to leave the corporate arena and start a gig of my own uh, where I could spend my life talking. And uh, I remember him calling me up one day and saying, you know, Heather, great news. I got you that radio interview. And I was just pumped again. Why? Well, I love to talk and, you know, the dream of being on the radio. And I had all kinds of other dreams that it was going to manifest into like a regular series. And they were just going to see how great I was uh, speaking and being on, on the radio and on air. I'd get my own show. Anyways, I'm sure I'm not the only one who does that, right? The expanding dream thing. Anyway, never mind. Yeah. So he says, yeah, I got that radio interview. And I'm like, this is awesome. And then he says, but make sure you don't bring up any of that angel or fairy shit. Okay. And that was the moment. That was the moment I knew it's time to move on. It took me like nearly a year to build up the courage, even to have the conversation about needing to walk away from the partnership. Because I mean, I could tell you all the reasons, logistical reasons, financial reasons, but just straight up scared. I was scared of my own you know, connection with angels and fairies. I was scared of my own practices of meditation. And, you know, I, I, I've always been, how shall I say, I've always been okay with sharing my, with my inner circle about my practices, but, um, you know, really sharing in this big way. That's why it was so funny when he said, don't bring up any of your angel or fairy shit, because not in a million years would I have brought that up on a radio interview. But the fact that he said that was actually the prompt that I needed, which was to step away and to start moving on to the next thing. And that's what an authenticity addict's life is all about. It's like we constantly get these little wake up calls, these little knock, knock, knock alarm bells that say, hey, time to wake up, time to go on to the next thing. 
time to let this thing go. And it's the, it's the pulling away, right? That's hard. And if we think about how human beings are wired, right? We are hardwired for, for consistency. We're hardwired for familiarity, right? We've got these neurons that connect in our brain and create neural pathways. We like to do things that are familiar. It's very uncomfortable for human beings to be uncomfortable. And when we're gonna try anything new, uh, newsflash, it's uncomfortable. I don't care who you are or what it is. You can fake it, you can, you can put on a brave face, but anytime you're entering into unfamiliar territory, your, your central nervous system, its job is to be on alert right? Because you're, it's got to keep you alive. That's its main function. Um, you know, just look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? I mean, safety, you need to stay alive first. And so when you enter into new environments, new experiences, everything about the way you're hardwired is pushing against that. And so here I am advocating for what I'm calling authenticity addiction, this ruthless pursuit of your life's truth, this constant um, just absolutely relentless letting go of the things that are in the way of your essential, you know, entelechy, if you will, right? This entelechy, which is like your pre-coded, predetermined, greatest potentiality manifested into form through the vehicle of your life. I'll just speak to that for one second, because honestly, it's one of my favorite words right now, which is entelechy. If you look at, at, at the sort of translation or etymology of the word, it's often translated as soul, but it, it, sort of the way it was explained to me, which was super cool, uh, it was through a course I took uh, from Dr. Claire Zamet, and she explained entelechy sort of um, giving the idea that, you know, inside, for example, an acorn is the entelechy of an oak tree. So in other words, it's like there's a pre-coded potentiality that's inside. Now, that doesn't mean it will manifest into an oak tree. It just means that the potential for it to manifest into an oak tree is present. And so circumstances, right, like where if I put an oak tree in a metal filing cabinet in my office, the chances of it manifesting into an oak tree pretty go down significantly, I think. Although we've all seen that like flower poking through the cement in your city. So anything really is possible. But nevertheless, again, environment really matters, right? And so when it comes to human beings, it's this idea that there's an entelechy inside each and every one of us. There is a pre-coded potentiality that already exists. It's, there's nothing you need to do other than to dust away all the parts of you that are blocking it from shining through to the surface of your life. Which brings me to my favorite definition of authenticity, which comes from the author Sarah von Gretnich, who wrote um, Simple Abundance, and she says the authentic self is the soul made visible. So, you know, all these words, soul, entelechy, authenticity, they're all pointing to the same thing. And this is the other problem with words, right? Like we're kind of trying to describe this indescribable thing using words, right? We're trying to describe the infinite using finite terms. So it's, it's tricky and challenging, but nevertheless, let me leave you with this. This podcast is dedicated to nothing less than catalyzing humanity to actualize the greatest potentiality that lies within them. And whoever listens to this, I want you to know inside of you, 
is a pre-coded potentiality that only you can contribute. You are the only one. You, you know, you had a one in 14 trillion chance of being you. Scientifically, a one in 14 trillion chance of being you, being in the body you're in, born to the parents you were born to with the DNA code and the lineage and the socialization and the culturalization in terms of the development of who you have become to be. One in 14 trillion chance. And inside of you, in your conscious awareness, logs probably somewhere behind all the paradigm of who you think you're supposed to be and who you think you are. And lodged in there is the authentic self. And this podcast is dedicated to just stories, my life experience of things I hear, the things I learn to support you in dusting away the parts of you that are blocking that authenticity from being seen. Because I don't know about you, but I'd sure love to see a few, few more souls on the surfaces of lives. I really want to live in a world where we bring our souls to work, to life, to the surface, where we actualize and activate nothing less than the greatest possibilities for our lives. And we can have some fun doing it, right? I mean, this is a spiritual journey. There's no question about it. And the spiritual journey is certainly not one to be taken lightly. However, paradoxically speaking, it's one to be taken lightly. So this podcast is going to be fun. I hope upbeat, maybe times where we dive deep and go down rabbit holes of exploration, but it is really in devotion to you and to me and to the greatest expressions of our lives. Thanks for listening.